Hey, I want to say welcome to Family Life Church today. My name is Matt. I'm one of the pastors on staff. I have the honor and the privilege to lead the youth ministry here at Family Life Church. And um, it's funny because we are uh, making some updates. We, we actually have, we have some great signage now. Um, you know where you're going. We just got, we just got our names on the, on the front of our office doors. And my name is on my office door, Matthew Robinson. I'm just letting you know, not even my mom calls me Matthew. Like, it's weird that that's up there. Somebody was like, hey, Matt, like, just between services. And they were like, hey, Matthew. And I, I was like, who are they? Oh, that's me. Okay. Uh, ugh. I think my brother's the only one who calls me Matthew just to grind my gears. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't know. But until we get that changed, I guess you can still call me Matthew, whatever. Um, but I'm just excited to be with you here today. We are starting a brand new series today. Uh, it is called Let Me Show You. It is an awesome, awesome series. And really what it's all going to be about is all the ministry leaders of our church are going to share about their ministries share their heart, their vision, their passion, a little bit behind the scenes of what we do. And uh, so that's what we're going to be doing today. I'm going to be sharing about youth ministry, but I'm going to share a principle that is applied in youth ministry that can also be applied in your life. And that idea is the idea of mentorship. The, the principle and the responsibility that we have to mentor other people. But hey, before we get started... Every good youth ministry thing starts out with a game. So we're going to play a game today. Are you cool with that? All right. I do have some blended up Happy Meals in the back. Why don't you just come on out right now? Oh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> we're not eating blended up Happy Meals, although I have before. Probably the grossest thing I've ever eaten was, um, I think it was sardines and the juice. It was absolutely disgusting. Okay, this game is not, has nothing to do with food. All you have to do is thumbs up if you think this is true, the statement is true. Thumbs down if you think it's false. Can you do that? Oh, okay. Okay, thumbs up. The 49ers are going to win today. Thumbs up. Thumb, yeah, your thumbs should be up. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It doesn't matter uh, who wins today, but um, that's the true statement. I don't know. We'll just see. These, these are not those type of true and false. These are statistics about teenage culture. You think it's true? You think it's false? Okay, here we go. On average, four adults need to be present in a teenager's life to, for their faith to stick past high school. Four adults, not five, not three, four. True or false? True. Uh, hey, yo, everybody participates in this game. It's not hard to put a thumb up in the air. Come on, somebody. Okay. Uh, it is actually false. The answer is five. Five, teen, five adults need to be present in, uh, yeah, I know, we got some rules people who are like technically whatever. Five, at least five adults need to be present in a teenager's life for their faith to stick past high school. On average, here's the next one. On average, 66% of teenagers who regularly went to church stop going to church after they graduate high school. On average, 66%. True or false? True or false? 67 or 65, that's a false. Okay, it is actually True. 66%, almost two-thirds, stop attending church after high school. Okay, number three. 
the number two influencer, spiritual influencer, on a teenager's life is their parents and family. The number two influencer on a teenager's spiritual life is their parents and family. True or false? True or false? It is their, it's actually false. The number one influencer, spiritual influencer on a teenager's life is their family and their parents. Uh, Number four, the number four most important spiritual influencer in a teenager's life is adults in their lives from the church. The number four, is that true or, no, or is that false? The number four influencer of a, of a teenager's spiritual life is adults from their church. That is false. That is actually number two. So we have number one, parents and family. Number two, adults from the church. Uh, all right, all right. The, this is the last one. I'm, I'm going to let you know. It's a little easy, okay? Um, for all our rules people who got hung up on question number one, this is a gimme, all right? Uh, 60 to 90% of people who are Christians became Christians before they turn 18. 60 to 90% of people who are Christians became Christians before they turn 19. True or false? It's true. It's true, y'all. I saw any statistic from like 60 to like 94%, uh, but that is the highest statistic. And that's why youth ministry and children's ministry is so important because 60 to 90% of Christians today became a Christian when they were before the age of 18. So I'm going to talk about this idea, this idea of the importance of mentorship. And if I were to put it in the illustration of a car, if youth ministry is a car, the gasoline in that car is mentorship. The thing that continues to push youth ministry is not stages or lights, it's relationships, it's mentorship. So uh, this is such an important concept, and it's so important because everybody at every age needs a mentor and needs to be mentoring somebody. But it is so pivotal during teenage life, and it's so important to me because I was mentored as a teenager. I'll share that story. But that's why I love mentorship, and that's why I love this idea of youth ministry and mentorship because everybody has something to contribute. And I know you're already thinking of questions like, well, Matt, I don't know. Uh, 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 uh." Okay, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. But here's the thing. Here's what I want you to carry home today. This is my main point. If you're taking notes, write it down. This is it. Jesus is your mentor. Jesus is your mentor. If I want you to forget everything I said, I hope you don't, but if you do, I want you to remember, Jesus is your mentor. So whenever you're figuring out a situation, you don't know what to do, that's who you go to. Jesus is your first and primary mentor. Jesus, while he was on earth, did an incredible job. He set the framework for mentorship. And so we learn from him, but today we're actually looking at a specific relationship that was influenced by Jesus, but it's the relationship between Paul and Timothy. I like how this in scripture is spelled out. It's so clear. It gives us practical tips for how to be a mentor. So what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be exploring questions about mentorship, and then also we're going to be looking at how to make mentorship easy, how to make it something that you can do. Because it's not hard. 
And so we're going to be doing that a little bit today. We're looking at the, the story of, of uh, Paul and Timothy. But let me just, before we do, do that, define what a mentor is. Here it is. A mentor is someone, someone who selflessly invests their time, wisdom, and support to guide and empower others. So uh, mentoring is relationship-oriented, long-term, and development-driven. That's what mentorship is. Jesus is our mentor, but today we're going to look at a specific mentor relationship. So let's pray before we dive in. Jesus, we thank you that you are our mentor. God, I pray that that truth would be real to us today. If we, Lord, walk away with nothing else, I pray that we would lean into you as our number one source for wisdom and for everything else that we need in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. So, Three questions of a mentor. If you grab the sermon notes from the bulletin, awesome. That'll help you out. There's three questions, and there's, uh, there's reflection questions as well. But we're going to go through that. If you're taking notes, not with the bulletin, uh, you'll, you'll stick with it. So the first question I want to ask and answer is, why should I be a mentor? Why should I be a mentor? Why should I be a mentor? So let's look at Paul's life. The Apostle Paul did this so well. But first, before he became a mentor... He persecuted and killed Christians. Not the greatest setup to be a Christian mentor. I'm not going to lie. Right? He persecuted and killed Christians. But later, he is credited to write at least 13 of the books in our New Testament. And not only that, is he actually, before he even got to writing books, he was planting churches and mentoring younger believers and Timothy was one of them. Silas is another one. Like, he was mentoring younger believers. And so we get to look at this picture of what mentorship really is and really looks like. And this is our, our first scripture passage today. And it really encapsulates the end goal of mentorship. Right? Like, the, I'm starting kind of with the end in mind a little bit. And it's this. 1 Corinthians 4, 16 through 17. Paul is actually writing a letter to the church in Corinth. And he says this. So I urge you to imitate me. That's why I have sent Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord. He will remind you of how I followed Christ Jesus just as I teach in all the churches wherever I go. So he is saying, we get to look at this model relationship of mentorship. He's actually saying that mentorship is like a father-son relationship. You can have kids or not, but I know that if my son Miles is spilling milk on the kitchen floor like he does a lot because he can't eat cereal really well, uh, I'm not saying, dude, get your motor skills better. You're terrible at eating cereal. That's not what I'm doing. I'm not shaming. I'm coming alongside of him and helping him. I'm showing him how to hold a spoon. I'm showing him how to scoop the, 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 the cereal and the milk and how to sip it afterwards is always the best part. Sip it afterwards, and you know what I'm talking about, uh, in the bowl, right? That's how I do it. I don't shame or condemn, and that's what Paul is saying. A mentorship relationship is one that is a father-son, a parent type of relationship spiritually. And it's really good. Um, I mean, here's the reality. People's lives are changed by mentorship relationships. And we can see that the relationship that Paul had with Timothy actually pushed him to be 
uh, church leader. He pushed him in discipleship. He pushed him to be organized. He pushed him to be a leader. He pushed him to be disciplined. Like there's all these really cool outcomes that we see from the Paul and Timothy relationship. And here's the reality too. We are charged as Christians to be mentors. Like our life with God doesn't stop at Jesus will you be in my heart. Our next step is the charge and the commission that Jesus Christ has given to all of us, which is this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So what Jesus is saying is that's what you're supposed to be doing as a Christian. That's it. You're supposed to be discipling people, which is mentoring. It's kind of like a different word for mentoring. I'm choosing to use that word mentor. But that's what he's saying. It's not anything, you know, there's no secret to it. It's, it's a mentorship relationship. I heard it once said, the great commission is not the great suggestion. We are supposed to be doing this as Christians, regardless of our age. And, but there is, he, he does say this, there is one qualification to be a mentor, and that is a relationship with Jesus. But that is the only qualification to be a mentor, to pour into somebody's life. And um, I, I have this really cool graphic that shows statistically this really cool reality that um, your spiritual life will grow if you are a mentor. Really cool stuff. This is from Barna. It's a, a Christian research group. I don't know if you can, you can read all that. Maybe, maybe not. But the green, uh, the green like a graph, I don't even know what that's called. The green bar? I don't know. I'm not into math. So uh, the green bar. We'll just call it the green bar. The green bar represents people who uh, consider their relationship with God to be not only on their own, not private, communal. And the, the, <laughs> the statistical group, <laughs> y'all, the statistical group, y'all, math is not my thing, y'all. I'm not just saying that. Uh, the statistical group that was uh, that was actually like pulled is the people on, in the green that are people in discipleship relationships. They're being poured into mentors in their life. They're mentoring others, right? So not only will they have a, a very important view of spiritual progress, their faith will be important, and they will also most likely have a weekly time with God. The blue graph represents people who believe that my relationship with God should stay private. It's between me and God. So not only is mentorship important for others, it's important for you. So Paul, get, he gets this, and he says this, and this is really what mentorship encapsulated looks like. 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, he says it like this. And you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. That's what mentorship is. I'm following Jesus, and I'm helping people do that. That's what it is. So here's my reflection question for point number one, is who is someone you look up to in your life and why? Answer that for a second. Who's someone you look up to in your life and why? And I'm going to share a story why mentorship is important for me. Uh, I had a teacher in my life. He was, I went to a Christian school. He was a teacher at my Christian school. He mentored me, and what that looked like was... After we would go to, we would like work out together. We would go to Starbucks together and just sit and talk. We would go to Chick-fil-A together. Sometimes we would just hang out and chat. But other times, in the times that I really liked, was when he 
helped me with my relationship with God. Like what he would do, it was so cool. He would actually draw or like write notes, things that I could do, uh, diagrams on like pieces of paper, and he would rip them off and give them to me. So I would have something to go off of. It was so important and pivotal. I mean, honestly, I tr- contribute, like I attribute my calling into ministry, my success into ministry because of him. His name's Robbie Schmidtberger. I call him Schmitty. He poured into my life and changed my life totally. That's part of my calling, is how can I do that for others, and how can I equip people to do that for others? That's what mentorship could look like. So the idea is, why should I be a mentor? It's because mentorship changes lives. Okay, second question is, okay, Matt, I know I should be a mentor, but who do I mentor? I don't know, who to, who to, do I just walk up to somebody? Hello, I'm going to mentor you. No, that's weird and creepy, don't do that. Um, or maybe you're asking the question before you get there, who am I that I could mentor anybody? Which is a fair point because you might be thinking, well, Matt, I need a mentor. Like, how am I supposed to mentor if I don't have a mentor? I get it. Let's talk about that. Um, he, so the idea is, let's go back to the Paul and Timothy example. The Apostle Paul is the perfect example of anybody, can, that, the fact that anybody can become a mentor. This man was the number one most hated person, most feared person by Christianity in his day. He was literally like a Christian terrorist. He would kill Christians all the time. The leader of the most like violent, like anti-Christian thing ever. And he becomes a Christian and is like, hey, I'm gonna mentor you. First off, I'd be like, pause. I don't know about that, bro. You killed like three of my friends. I'm not sure about you. Uh, but that's the beauty of and the fact that anybody can be a mentor. Like you could have a peppered past like Paul and still be an incredible mentor. In fact, I think that today our failures speak much louder than our successes. Like you sharing the fact that you have not been doing good or have you know, messed up in certain areas of your life with somebody, that actually could be the most encouraging thing. Not like, you know, I decided to do this, and now I'm this, right? Like, that's important too, but the, the past is what God has positioned you. Your past is how God has positioned you to mentor others. It's so important. It's so good. And he even says it well in his letter to, to Timothy, in 1 Timothy 1, 15 through 16. This is Paul speaking to Timothy. He says this. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them all. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst of sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. So Paul is saying, if there's anyone inadequate to be a mentor, it's me. So the reality is, you're not inadequate to be a mentor. Because you, if you follow Jesus, which is the one requirement, if you follow Jesus, you have something to share, which is your story. And so important, because if you can say that Jesus is the hero of your story, I'm not the hero of my story. I'm not the hero of 
anything that has happened in my life, Jesus is the hero. If you can say that, you can get past your pride and say, here's how God has affected me. Here's how Jesus is the hero of my life. If you can do that, you can be a mentor. It's very simple. And uh, it's so interesting because Jesus is our mentor. And if we ever struggle, we think, okay, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Jesus is our mentor. And so and another like rebuttal I'm already hearing in my brain is, okay, Matt, that's great. Good thinking. What about the time commitment? It is a huge time commitment to do what you're saying needs to be done. And I get that. And it's so interesting. I have some statistics to help you out. It's another from the Barna group. It says the people who are actively being mentored and mentoring others say that it's actually a bigger time commitment than those who do not have a mentorship relationship in their life. So here's the key lesson. Barna says it like this. Those who experience discipleship community have the time or will make the time or perhaps even reimagine or divvy up that time. They go on to say, The decisive factor is not who has the hours in the day, but who is willing to creatively commit from the hours they do have to growing in their faith and becoming qualified or equipped to help others too. It's all about how are you using your time. It's a sacrifice to mentor somebody just like everything else. And here's the reality. Schmitty, he was a high school teacher, and he decided that on Saturday— The day after he's been with high schoolers all week, he decided on Saturday morning that he was going to spend more time with a high schooler, me. And you have to understand that's what what makes it worth it. That's what makes it worth it to God and worth it to others. It's a sacrifice, but it's worth the sacrifice. And so here's another one. What about kids? Matt, I have kids. I get that. And in fact, like we had said earlier in our opening game, The number one most important influencer in anyone's life is their parents. And so that is your number one focus as a parent, is to disciple your children. Absolutely your number one focus. Because here's the reality. My parents, they helped me. Like, whenever I would walk down the stairs in the morning growing up, I would see my dad on his knees in prayer. Guess what I do every morning now? I'm on my knees in prayer. Because my dad did it. I didn't learn about that in a sermon. I didn't learn about that in a college class. Like, that's how I learned it. My mom is comfortable praying with literally anybody. That's why I'm comfortable praying with everybody. Because I saw that. I saw it modeled. The truths of God are often passed relationally. And so that's what you need to do is understand that your most important, as a parent, your most important role is your children. And it's so interesting because uh, we, as, as Life Youth, I'll just turn it to Life Youth for just a second. We as Life Youth, we believe that mentorship is the most important part of what we do. And so the vision that we have as an, a leadership team from Life Youth, the vision that I have for our, our adult leadership team is that we are a team of youth pastors and what that really means, it can mean a couple different things to different people, is that I want, and I want to share the burden of mentorship with other, with the adults on my team. 
And they can understand and they can be equipped to be a pastor, to be a mentor to teenagers. Because that's what it's all about. Schmitty did it for me. So now I am so blessed and honored that my calling is not only to do that with teenagers, but to help others do that with teenagers as well. That is our calling in life, man. I'm so excited and pumped that we are a team of youth pastors. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be hard. It could be simple. And so here's my reflection question for point number two. Who is a person in your life that you could selflessly dedicate your time, wisdom, and support to in order to guide and empower them? Who do I mentor? Anybody can be a mentor. Anyone can mentor anyone. Here's my third question. How do I mentor? How do I mentor? That's a great question. It's practical. This next point, this next question is all practical. It's not hard or unattainable to do what I'm saying. I know it's a lot I just threw at you, and you're like, Matt, that is intense. I get that. But it's not hard or unattainable to be a mentor. And here's what I want to say. In Acts 16, 1 through 4, I don't have the scripture, but Paul acts, he acts, he asks Timothy to join him in his missionary journey. And then he not only asks them, Timothy, to be with him, he does ministry with Timothy. So what happens is so important and so cool is that Timothy is just alongside Paul, just living life, going through his life with Paul. And it's so interesting because we think that, oh my goodness, I have to go, I think about my Saturday mornings, I have to do so much, like, I don't even know who I'm going to start with, like, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do, mentorship, this is such a, a crazy thing. No, 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 no. It's simply bringing people along with you in your life. Like, who can you cook with this week? Who can you invite over to your house this week? Who can you, uh, if you need to pick up something, it, you know, bought something on Facebook Marketplace, you got to pick it up. Who can you ask to join with you? There's a car ride right there. That could be a conversation. Get creative with the time that you have. You don't have to create more time or go crazy with this new, like, concept. It's simply the idea of what Paul did with Timothy. Just brought him with him. Just bring people alongside of you. What is it in your life that you can bring people with you? It's not hard. And God has positioned you in your life with your story to pour into others. That's what God has positioned you with. And there's three different ways that today you can decide to start to mentor somebody. Three different ways. And this is super practical. And my challenge for you is to do one of these things. Okay? Today I want you to do one thing. The first is contribution. That's one way that you can mentor somebody. You can contribute to somebody. You can give money towards missions. You can give money towards, we're doing a bake sale outside the lobby. You probably saw it coming in. We're doing a bake sale for Life Youth. That is going to fund teenagers going to youth camp this summer. That is an opportunity for you to mentor teenagers. Their life, my life was changed at the same camp that we get to go to. And I'm excited about that. But you can contribute to that and in a sense mentor them. Maybe it's, it's not that. Maybe it's communication. That's the second way. You can just send a text message or call somebody today and just encourage them. Maybe just ask them, how you're, how's your, how are you doing? Like, how's your walk with Jesus? Or maybe just encourage them. Or, I don't know, 
Maybe the third one is, is you. Connection. Hey, come to the Super Bowl party with me tonight. Come to, I don't know, hang out with me. Let's go to dinner. Come over to my house for, for a meal. Like, I got to make this meal. Come over with me. Help me out, right? Just, that's the third thing, connection. Or maybe if that's too daunting, just invite them to the life group that you're in, right? Connection is so important. So these are the three ways that you can decide today to mentor somebody. And I, I want to bring somebody to the stage. Bill, would you come at this time? Um, this is my friend Bill. He is going to share so incredible, his heart for teenagers, and it is so good. Can we just welcome Bill as he comes? Bill, Bill, I'm so excited that, first of all, having this conversation, I love you so much. Um, you're awesome. So we, we, Bill's our maintenance person here, and he will just, we'll just come in here, he'll just come in my office, and we'll talk about anything from, uh, like, Cheswick, which is where you grew up, which is a part of Pittsburgh I'm familiar with, or maybe, I don't know, anything. We'll talk about teenagers, we'll talk about anything, and I just love our relationship. But talk to me, you're super passionate about teenagers. Why are you passionate about teenagers? Why do you believe in teenagers? I was uh, involved in the Christian scouting program for Royal Rangers for 25 years. I was a chaplain, and I got to meet a lot of kids and a lot of boys and got to see them and meet them. And somebody said to me one time, why, do you, why are you so involved in kids? I said, you know what? You should go to the home and see some of these kids and see the way they're raised and the environment that they come from. But one of the most things that made an impression on me is First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 23. It says that some of the men from the tribe of Judah were the potters. They were down in the plants, in the bushes, in the hedges, and they, made, they were the potters that made uh, the uh, plates and stuff for the king. And that goes to show you that potters had the hunk of clay and they shaped it and molded it for something so that the king can use. Not everybody's a plate, not everybody's a cup or a saucer, but every one of us has an ability and a talent to be able to use, to be used for the king. And we need to shape our youth because if we don't shape them and mold them, in the vessel that God wants them to be, who's going to take those kids? Who's going to grab them? Who's going to do something with them that's not that they're not going to be used for the kingdom? And that's the most important thing to me is <coughs> spending time molding and shape them that God can use them for ministry when they grow up. So good. I love that. <laughs> Bill, I love your heart. Um, talk to me now. You are actively involved with helping teenagers go to, go to camp and convention and other events. And you might be the number one contributor to that that I am aware of. And you are so sacrificial to give, and it's so cool. Tell me a little bit, tell us a little bit about what you do to contribute to teenagers. Well, I'm retired, and I don't like sitting still. I don't like, I got to do something. So I bought, my, I bought a 16-foot trailer, 
and I started looking at all this, these pallets and everything that these companies have. So I started asking them, what do you do with them pallets? And they said, well, we burn them. I said, no, no, no. No, I said, I work with a youth group, and I was wanting to know if I could have those pallets. For what? I said, because I sell those pallets, and I take that money, and I put it in a savings account, and I give it to help kids go to summer camp that don't have the funds. And they said, anytime you see him here, take him. You can have him. I said, thank you very much. And you know what? I see people call me and say, Bill, I got this refrigerator. Do you want it? Yeah. You got an air conditioner? Yeah, I'll take I'll take any kind of scrap metal, cans, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'll take it, cash it in, and put that money to youth. Because you know what? If we don't grab the youth today, we won't have a church. And that's important to me. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. And I love that because you're using your time and you're using your money to contribute to the next generation. I love that. Thanks, Bill. Can we just celebrate, Bill? I love you, dude. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take much to mentor people. It doesn't take much at all. What is it? What's your next step? And my final uh, reflection question, throw it up on the screen for me, is this. Write down or think about three words that come to mind when you think of a mentor. What is one step you can take to be that to somebody? What is one step that you can take to be that to somebody? It doesn't take much, but it does take commitment. It does take saying no to your selfishness, saying no to your pride, and saying, God, would you use me? We just sang about it. Holy Spirit, we want more of you. Would you actually, would that be your prayer? Holy Spirit, we want more of you. Do whatever you want to do in my heart. And worship team, would you come? Do whatever you want to do in my heart. That's the prayer that I want for all of us today. So let's bow our heads right now. Let's, let's close our eyes. And I just have a couple questions to ask. And the first, the first is this. If you're here today and you're saying, you know, Matt, I need Jesus to be my mentor. There's been things in my life, maybe you're a Christian, maybe you're not a Christian. There's been things in my life that have gotten in the way of my relationship with Jesus. And I just need to restore, I just need to reset, I need to get back to that starting place of where Jesus can speak to me again. I need Jesus to be my mentor. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. You say, Jesus, I want you to be my mentor. That's awesome. There's many people whose hands are up right now. That's incredible. The second is this. You're a Christian and you're saying, Matt, I feel right now that I need to mentor somebody. I don't even know where to start. I don't know what to do. I don't know anything, but I know that what you're saying is right and that I need to take this step to be a mentor. If that's you today, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in just a moment, but I believe that when you raise your hand the second time, I believe that as you do that, God will see that and that he will actually put into motion this journey for you. He will put this into motion. So if you're ready for that, and if you're ready to say, God, I want 
this. Give me passion in my relationship with you again so much that it overflows into other people. If that's you today and you're saying, I want that for me, raise your hand right now. That's awesome. There's hands all over the place. Praise God. Jesus, we just thank you so much that we can rely on you. We can lean on you. And I thank you that you meet us where we are. You are our mentor. And God, for those in this room who need you to be the mentor in their life for the first time or again, God, I pray that you would speak clearly to them. And so, God, I pray that you would, you would do that. You would equip them. You would empower them. And God, for those people who are saying, I need a relationship or I want a relationship that is a mental relationship. I, I need to pour out. My, my, my spiritual life is stagnant. For those people, God, I pray that you would move them to the place of passion once again. The place of not being private with their faith, but being public with it. The, the, the place that they can pour into others. Jesus, I thank you for that. And God, I even just pray for parents right now in this place. Parents of life kids, parents of teenagers. I pray for them right now that that would be a successful discipleship relationship. God, I thank you for everything that you've done. Everything that you're doing. You are so good. We believe that you're with us today. In your awesome name we pray. Amen. 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 So, hey, this is a, this is a practical, challenging faith thing. It's not something that would actually require much besides a practical step. So decide today, what is my practical step? What's my next step? What am I doing um, about this today? Also, what we're, we're, we have in the back of our sanctuary right now is we have baskets that you can give to our 100 for 60 campaign. Don't forget to do that. Our matching campaign of up to $25,000 is still going on from now to the end of this month. So please uh, don't forget that. It's an incredible ministry. That's a way to mentor. You're mentoring. You're pouring into people who aren't even in this church yet. That excites me and it should excite you as well. So go today, be blessed, uh, disciple one another, mentor each other, and just trust in God more and more today. Thank you. Have a great week.